From the Old City, a practical Torah commentary by Gutman Lodge. Leviticus 19, Kadoshim, My Sanctuary Shall You Revere. In this week's portion of the Torah, we are told, My Shabbat shall you observe, and my sanctuary shall you revere. I am Hashem. What, if anything, do Shabbat and a sanctuary have in common? Why are we instructed about these two in the same sentence? Shabbat frames holiness in time, and a sanctuary frames holiness in space. As far as the average person can tell, one day or the next feels the same. That is, unless we do something to make that day feel special. If we were to awaken from a long coma, we would not be able to tell what day of the week it was unless we saw people doing something that was done only on a specific day. Although mystically Shabbat has a different feeling than the other days of the week, to the average person, one day feels just like the next. Because of this, we have to do holy things on Shabbat in order to feel the holiness of the day. As it says, my Shabbats shall you observe. By observing Shabbat, we will reap the spiritual benefits of the holy day. To the average person, if it were not for the furnishings, one room would feel just like another. However, when we do special things in that room, or furnish it in a special way, then we can feel something special there. Today's sanctuaries are the places where we gather to pray. In order to experience the holiness of Shabbat, all we have to do is to observe its details. Just by doing what the Torah tells us to do on this day, we will automatically reap the benefits of the holy day. But to reap the benefits of a holy place, we must do more than merely observe the rules of behavior there. We must revere that place. Revere means to be in awe. If when we enter our holy places we would say, how full of awe is this place, and try to sense a deep feeling of respect while we are there, we will experience the holiness of the place. For instance, if one recognizes the holiness of a place of prayer, he would not walk inside with a burning cigarette in his hand. He would never even think to talk on his telephone there, but would be careful to turn it off before he entered. A spiritually sensitive person would not speak of profane subjects in a synagogue, but without paying attention to the unique atmosphere of the place, there would be no reason to maintain this level of respect. Both Shabbat and a sanctuary can give us the experience of holiness, yet they can give us this feeling only up to the amount of effort we put into them. Forbidden Mixtures In this week's portion of the Torah, there are many commandments given. Some, such as not to commit perversions in weights and measures, are quite logical. Obviously, it's wrong to cheat in business, but some of the laws listed in this portion are apparently so illogical that they defy man's ability to understand them. In fact, the sages tell us that this type of law, called a chok, has no logical reason. The most commonly singled out law for its complete illogic is the law dealing with forbidden mixtures. There are four basic types of forbidden mixtures. Mixture of seeds, when planting plants. Mixture of orchards, fruit trees. Mixtures in species, 
when breeding animals, and mixtures of linen and flax garments. The Torah warns us that such mixtures sap the strength from the individual species. What could these laws possibly be teaching us today? Here the Torah is using a common Talmudic principle called all the more so, Kalvachoma. When we look, we see that each of these forbidden mixtures points back to us. For instance, the seeds of a garden are like a man's own seed. The fruit of a tree is its offspring. A man is likened to a tree of the field, and fittingly, our children are called our fruit. Our animals are not merely our physical animals, but also our spiritual animals and our animal inclinations. And our garments are our deeds. Now to apply the all the more so principle. If I am not to mix my vegetable seeds, because this will drain the strength of each plant, and if I'm not to mix my fruit trees, as this will weaken the fruit of my trees, and if I'm not to mix my animals, as this will produce wicked livestock, and if I'm not to mix my garments, that are also my deeds, then surely, all the more so, I am not to mix my actual offspring, my children, my family. Jews are commanded to marry only Jews and raise Jewish families to maintain a healthy, vibrant Jewish people in the world. Without doubt, this is the greatest test facing the Jewish nation today, as the vast majority of Jews around the world intermarry. There is one dot com.